This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to the Mad Splainers, a podcast from the Capital Times that makes sense of local issues. I'm reporter and podcast producer Natalie Yar. And I'm city and county government reporter Abby Becker. And we're here today to talk about something we've all been waiting for for quite a while. That's right, the Madison Public Market, which is going to be a permanent year-round space for local vendors to work out of. This project has been years in the making, spanning multiple mayoral administrations and proposed locations. I think Dan Kennelly, the manager of the city's Office of Business Resources, said it best at a city council meeting last Tuesday. Coincidentally, the first meeting of the Public Market Development Committee was three days before the birth of my son. He's now seven years old. So Madison is no stranger to local food-based entities. We've got the Dane County Farmers Markets, numerous local farmers markets, and cool spaces like the Garver Feed Mill that foster local businesses. But what's the deal with the Madison Public Market, and what purpose will it serve in Madison? That's what we'll be digging into on today's show. So, Abby, you've been covering this project for years, right? (laughs) Yes, for years. I think that I've been covering this project since I first started working at the Cap Times, which was a little under four years ago. Awesome. So what are the basics of this project? All right, the basics. So as of now, this market is going into the current Fleet Services building. Um, That's a building, a big garage at the corner of First and Johnson Streets. As proposed, this market is going to be a year-round destination featuring a mix of private vendors offering fresh produce from local farmers, other kinds of food, maybe prepared food like jam, but also arts and crafts, um, just a lot of wares from local vendors. Um, There's an emphasis on providing culturally diverse food that will meet the needs of residents and also kind of like handcrafted arts and crafts and those kinds of fun projects. It's really meant to be a food-based incubation space. The core mission of the market is economic development, but it's also supposed to be a community gathering space. Cool. Yeah, I've been to the one in Milwaukee a couple times, and I imagine ours will be different. But in my mind, that's kind of what I'm thinking of when I picture this, that there are a bunch of different kind of permanent food vendors. There's like a seafood market and a lot of folks selling like hot food, stuff like that. And then that upstairs, there's a seating area. I've never been to the Milwaukee Public Market, but I've always wanted to go. I will take you one day, Abby, and your (laughs) dreams will come true. Yeah. And I feel like uh, with the Milwaukee Public Market, the organizers of the Madison Public Market really want it to be that destination space. They want people, visitors who are in town to seek it out to go to to it, um, but also local residents for, you know, to do their regular shopping there. Awesome. So it's taken a while to get where we are today. Um, Tell me about the backstory on this project. Yeah, well, uh, I think a key part of this project's history is that it's moved proposed locations lots of times. At one point, it was going to be at a parking lot near the Capitol on East Washington Avenue. Also, at one point, it was going to be part of the Judge Doyle Square development project downtown. And now it's at the Fleet Services building. At another point, it was also supposed to be at the Fleet Services building. And then it switched to a strip mall on East Washington that's close to the Fleet Services building. Anyhow, we are where we are today at Fleet Services at the corner of First and Johnson. So I think 
throughout my time covering this issue, I feel like developmentally I've I've covered the, oh, wait, no, now it's going to be at this spot. So that's been a big part of it. You know, I'd say former mayor Paul Soglin really advocated for this project. Um, this was, you know, something he talked about and worked toward. He maintained funding for it in its budget despite facing opposition from city council members. You know, one former alder, David Ahrens, uh, once called the idea of the Madison public market a palace for food vendors. But as Soglin left, Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway kept it going? That's right. She did keep funding in her budget for this project. She shifted it around a little bit, but the funding is still there for the project. You know, I remember talking to her before she was elected. Um, I sort of shadowed her and some of the last few days of her campaign. And we talked about the public market. And, you know, she said that she thinks the idea is great. She was actually on a food committee for the city a while back when this was just floated as an idea. But at that time, she expressed to me just a concern of hers for the project was that it remained financially viable, stable on its own. We'll talk about this in a little bit about how it's being funded. But, I mean, the city is um, putting in a chunk of change into this project to get it up and running. But the end goal is for this project to be financially sustainable all on its own. So the project is slated for the corner of First and Johnson. Can you tell me about why that location is a good fit? Yes. So, um, you know, it really is at sort of a a key corner there, right? I mean, you have East Washington, you have Johnson. These are key thoroughfares. You know, it's accessible by bus. It's going to be actually at a proposed bus rapid transit line. You can bike to it. If you're in the area, you could walk to it. Um, So I think it's, you know, pretty transit friendly um, in that area. And the space itself, this former fleet services building, why is that a good fit? Yeah, so it is a garage, right? I mean, there's a big open space inside, so there's a lot of flexibility in terms of how to organize it. Um, There's also big garage doors, obviously, for vehicles to come in and out. Um, But there's opportunity there to kind of, you know, use those, you know, for vendors, but also to create sort of this indoor, outdoor, open kind of airy space that, again, I I think, you know, will, you know, attract visitors and have visitors, you know, want to kind of stay and hang out at the market. The location's also got some challenges that they'll need to work through, right? Right. It's it's far from perfect. There are lead and asbestos issues that need to be addressed in the facility. Also, the site is prone to flooding, which is something you need to kind of work through. The building itself also has other uses beyond the public market. For example, Madison Police will still have, you know, an evidence storage area. There's also a refueling station. So, you know, fleet vehicles will still come by to refuel. So those are, you know, some kind of wonky areas of the location to, to kind of work through and figure out how to incorporate those into um, its future use as a market. And some people thought that maybe this project would have been better suited at a different part of town. Right. Some people would have liked to see this project on the south side, for example. I know school board member Ananda Marilli has uh, spoken publicly about that. And, you know, I think others might think, hey, look, the Near East Side has a lot of stuff going on. It's got a lot of, you know, amenities. I think you could call the market um, an amenity, you know, of a city. And so perhaps in their minds, another part of the city would have been maybe better suited for this type of project. And thinking about the design, what's it going to look like inside? Yeah, so this firm based out of Minneapolis, MSR Design, is working through all of those questions. The existing windows and doors, including the garage doors, will be removed and replaced. There's going to be new glass panel garage doors. And um, like we were kind of talking about earlier, those you know will be able to be open to, again, create that kind of seamless indoor-outdoor you know, environment. So there's going to be a large hall with tall ceilings. 
part of the area is going to be divided into different spaces for the tenants. So there's going to be a larger spot for more of a um, like permanent kind of anchor tenant, but then other kind of flexible space for a tenant who might not need a large area to vend out of. So there's a lot, kind of a lot of different options for the different vendors in terms of the size of their their workspace there. It's two stories? Yes. So all the tenants are going to be on the first floor. And then there's that mezzanine level. And there's going to be some seating up there. Um, so I'm envisioning you could be on that upper level and kind of look down below all the tenants. You might be sitting up there after getting some food from the market and, and hanging out in that space. So plans for outside of the market include um, a patio area. So again, that to me says or kind of reinforces the the indoor-outdoor vibe that's going on. Um, there's also going to be parking spaces and places for you to park your bike. So lots of ways to get there and to park whatever you drove in on. And who will be selling at the market? Yeah, so we don't actually know who, but there is very high interest So the city hopes to have a mix of local vendors at the market. So from maybe a very established business to more of a new up-and-comer type person who is just starting out. The city actually has this program called the Market Ready Program. And this all goes back to sort of its mission as being this hub for economic development. And so this program actually trains interested vendors in how to start a business, um, you know, how to, you know, get their – business model off the ground. And so there are about 30 people in that program, I believe. Now, those people aren't like the for sure vendors at the site. There's going to be, I believe, another process for people to go through to become an actual vendor. But due to that program, there's a lot of interest in it. In addition to the Market Ready program, there's about 220 other people who have expressed interest. So again, yeah, very high interest. I don't think that there's going to be a shortage of of vendors as a as one of the challenges for this project. No, there are like 250 or so people interested in possibly selling at this market. Right. Wow, that's going to be a difficult selection yeah. process, I'm yeah. sure. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. And who's going to run the market? So eventually the market's going to be run by the Public Market Foundation. So this is a, you know, nonprofit 501c3 group that was formed to run it. Currently it's serving as sort of the the fundraising arm of the project um, because, you know, a certain amount of the project will be funded by donations. Um, And so they're the group that's kind of running that. And that foundation is is all resident-led working to, to get this project off the ground. So they will be the operators eventually. And how much does it cost to start this market? So the total cost of the project is about $13 million, and about 75 of that will be coming from the city. There's a lot of funding sources for this. Um, when I ask people questions about it, it is kind of complicated. Mayor Satya Rhodes Conway's budget in 2020 actually changed just a little bit about how the city's share of the project, like where it would be coming from. Instead of allocating $7.5 million from the general fund for the project, the mayor's budget uses proceeds from a tax incremental finance district. So that's um, sort of a public financing tool that funds redevelopment. And she's using the district that runs along the East Washington Avenue corridor for that. So yeah, lots of funding streams. Some of them haven't been secured yet. Capital costs will be funded through you know city funds, also private donations, Um, some tax credits, and possibly state or federal grants. So kind of a a hodgepodge of money to get up to that $13 million. 
So the city's investing a chunk of money in getting this project started, getting it built. But then after that, it's supposed to function in a self-sustaining way. Exactly. Yes. So the market will um, is supposed to run off of you know revenues generated from the tenants renting their spaces and also re- revenue from other events that might be held there. And so what happens if the foundation doesn't raise enough money to cover capital or operating costs? Right. So if the foundation doesn't raise enough money to close on the project's financing, so to to say, hey, we got the money, this thing is going to happen. You know, an assistant city attorney said that the city doesn't have to complete the transaction. So if there's not confidence in the project from a financial point of view, really the city wouldn't have to go through with it. If the project does receive those tax credits that we were talking about, the Madison public market will have to remain in compliance with those and operate for seven years. So let's just think like, okay, hypothetically, this is a new project. What if they run out of money for whatever reason? What would happen then? So this assistant city attorney was telling me that if that were to happen, the city would likely have to step in and sort of take control ownership of it in order to keep that project in compliance with that tax credit program. Again, the people I talk to about this say they're not worried about that. They have confidence in the project. They have confidence in the foundation to raise those funds. Um, but I think asking those hypothetical questions is um, is good for a new project like this that is taking a significant you know, amount of city investment. All right, Abby. So we've been waiting a long time. When will this thing actually happen? Right. So there are still a little bit more kind of obviously financing to secure, a couple more approvals to receive. But once all that happens, the city expects to start construction later this year. So yes, in 2020 and hopes to open late next year in 2021. So you can bet I will be watching to see what happens with this project. There's a lot more coming and we'll be writing and podcasting about it. What else do you want to know about the public market to be? Email me. You can send me emails at a becker. That's a b as in boy e c k e r at madison.com. and we'll try to answer all your questions from there. Thanks for listening to the Mad Splainers. Got a question about a local issue? That's what we live for. Email us at abecker at madison.com and your question could become a Mad Splainers episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go and subscribe to The Matsplainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening. While you're there, go ahead and check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, which is all about food and drinks in Madison, and Wedge Issues, which is all about state politics. I'll be back on Wednesday to break down our next cover story. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.